Acharya Shivahoidas Takur Ki Jai. Prem Shikaho Shikrishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shiroi Tigadhar Shivasadi Gaur Bhaktarindaki Jai. Shri Shri Radhakrishna Gopopina Shaimakunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhana Ki Jai. Vrindavan Dhamma Ki Jai. Matura Dhamma Ki Jai. Navadrip Mayapur Dhamma Ki Jai. Jagannath Puri Dhamma Ki Jai. Gangamaya Jamuna Devi Ki Jai. Bhakti Devi Ki Jai. Tulsi Maharani Ki Jai. Samaveta Bhaktarinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premananda. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Garanga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Srimati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namana. Namaste Sarasvati Deve Gauravani Pacharani Nirvase Susanyavati Paskatya Deshatarani. Monday, I'm Sri Guru, Sri Utah, Padakambalam, Sri Guru, Vaishnavamscha, Sri Rupam, Sagrajatam, Sahagana, Raghunatham, Vitam, Samsajivam, Sadvaitam, Sadvaritam, Paritana, Sahita, Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Sri Radha, Krishna Padam, Sahagana, Lalita, Sri Vishakam, Vitamscha, Vantikapajibisha. Kripa Sindhavi, Abhatapati, Tanam, Pavanavi, Vaishnavi, Mamam. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya It's August 29, 2022 in Hillsborough, North Carolina reading from Srimad Bhagavatam Chapter 10, Chapter 38, Text 37 to 38. Go through 37. Sankashanascha pranatam. Upaguya mahamanam. Upaguya mahamanam. Grihitva panina pani. Anayat Sanu Jograham. Pristavatas Vagatam Tasmai Niveja Tavarsh Varsanam Prakshalya Vidivat Pado Madhu Prakarhanam Arharat Sankarshana Lord Balaram Cha and Pranatam who is standing with his head bowed Upaguya embracing Mahamanaha, magnanimous, Prihitva, taking hold of, Panina, with his hand, Pani, his two hands, Anayat, he took, Sa Anujaha, with his younger brother Lord Krishna, Griham, to his residence. Pristva, inquiring. Atta, then, Suagatam, about the comfort of his trip. Tasmai, to him. Niveja, offering. Cha, and Vada, excellent. Asanam, a seat. Prakshalya, washing. 
vidivat, in accordance with scriptural injunctions. Padel, his feet, madu parka, honey mixed with milk. Arhanam, as a respectful offering. Aharat, he brought. BBT translation. As Akura stood with his head bowed, Lord Sankarshana, Balaram, grasped his joined hands, and then Balaram took him to his house in the company of Lord Krishna. After inquiring from Akura whether his trip had been comfortable, Balaram offered him a first-class seat, bathed his feet in accordance with the injunctions of scripture, and respectfully served him milk with honey. So there's no BBT purport. And uh, we're going to uh, look at three different commentaries, but not all at once. Mm-hmm. So here we're seeing uh, Akura coming to Vrindavan with the aim of taking Krishna away from Vrindavan. He doesn't really understand Vrindavan. <laughs> and not like Uddhava who comes and, and appreciates the Vrindavan mood. Akura is taking Krishna away from the Vrindavan mood. And we have a little juncture here in the way that Balaram and Krishna are dealing with him between the Vrindavan mood and the mood of, of Mathura and Dwarka. So I want to first read the commentary of Vishnu Chakravati Thakur, which is very, very brief. He says, with his right hand, Balaram held Akura's folded hands. Just as Akura had previously desired in verse 23. Now, this is extremely interesting. So let's look back at verse 23. And in verse 23, it says, And then Lord Krishna's elder brother, the form, this is Akura thinking as he's going to Vrindavan, this is what he's thinking, what he's envisioning. And then Lord Krishna's elder brother, the foremost of the Yadus, will grasp my joined hands while I am still standing with my head bowed. And after embracing me, he will take me to his house. There he will honor me with all items of ritual welcome and inquire from me about how Kamsa has been treating his family members. All right, so what did Akura, what did he meditate on? Can anybody remember? About being received. Can you remember the specific items? He's going to have hands clasped. Is he, and where is he's going to be sitting, standing? Standing. standing. And then what's going to happen? He'll be embracing. But what's, what's going to happen with his hands clasped? Okay, let me read it again and see if you can remember this list. And this is important because we're going to see that there's a one-to-one correspondence here. So then Lord Krishna's elder brother, the foremost of the Yadus, will grasp my joined hands while I am still standing with my head bowed. And after embracing me, he will take me to his house. There he will honor me with all items of ritual welcome and inquire for me about how Kamsa has been treating his family members. Okay, so the first thing is he's going to have his hands what? While he is standing. And what's going to happen? And his head's bowed. And what's going to happen? Before Balaam embraces him, 
Balaam's going to grab his, his hands. Have you ever done that? Somebody has their hands and you put your hands over their hands. Yeah. Right? Okay, next thing is Balaam's going to embrace him. Then Balaam's going to take him to the house. And then Balaam's going to honor him according to the rituals. And then he's going to ask him what's going on. Okay, so let's look at today's verse. And we'll see this is exactly what happens. Okay. So, today's verse, as a chorus stood with his head bowed, right? He's going to stand with his head bowed. And we already know he had his hands folded. Lord Sankarshan grasped his joined hands. That was the first thing that Akura was meditating on that actually happened. And then Balaram took him to his house. Now, we don't mention the braces is not mentioned here. Then Balaram took him to his house in the company of Lord Krishna. So that was taking him to his house. After inquiring from Akura whether or not his trip was comfortable, so he's asking him about what's going on. And that's going to continue in the next verses that he's going to ask about Kamsa. Balaram offered him a first-class seat, bathed his feet in accordance with the injunctions of Scripture, and respectfully served him milk and honey. So he's following up in a, in a according to the rituals, vidi vat. So he's following the vidi, he's following the injunctions. Now, Rupa Goswami gives this particular meeting between Akura and Krishna and Balaram as an example of the, of the first type of union in the uh, humor or the relationship of servitude. Akura, it's interesting, he's a, he's a senior. He's Krishna's uncle. But he's not <coughs> primarily in parental rasa at all. He's primarily in the mood of being a servant. Ukrasena is also like this. But Akura is, is just categorized as being in this mood of a servant. And in the Rupa Goswami describes different types of separation and meeting according to each of the different rasas or relationships with Krishna. So there's a separation before you've ever met Krishna. Then there's the meeting, the first meeting that you ever have with Krishna. Then there's a separation after the first meeting. Then there's a meeting after that separation. And then there's constant union. So Akura has not yet seen Krishna in this incarnation. He's been geographically separated. This is his first meeting. This is his perfection. Right? And he's meditated on what kind of relationship he wants to have. Now, in, in the relationship of Dasya, there is a lot of reverence. Although Krishna's servants in Vrindavana don't have the same... The, the devotees in Vrindavana that are in Dasyaras, in the servant, 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 servitude relationship don't have the same degree of reverence as the servants from Matura Dwarka or the servants in Vaikuntha. They have a reverence because they're, they're servants and naturally you have some formality with your master and they have some reverence because Krishna is the son of the king of Nanda. But it's much more casual. They see Krishna as the, the prince of a village rather than the supreme personality of Godhead. So in this mood uh, that Akura has of Dasyabhav, he has this whole idea of how he wants to serve Krishna. So Maharaj was speaking about this some time ago, 
in the type of prayer called Lala Samayi. So there's three types of vandanam or prayers that are explained by Rupa Goswami. One is where you just feelingly offer prayers, one is prayers of humility, and one is prayers where you're desiring some specific service. Yeah? I want, Krishna, I want to serve you in this way. I would like this, we have this sort of thing materially. Yes, that we're thinking of, like I was just traveling, so we're thinking, you know, I'll arrive at Raleigh-Durham Airport and my daughter will be there to pick me up. Right? And you have this, isn't it? This picture of what's going to happen, this idea of, of what's going to happen when you meet somebody or where you... Yes, everybody has like this? You know, or I'm going to go with my friend to the park and we're going to take a walk and we'll chant together and we'll sit down on the bench by the pond... And you have some concept in your mind that you want to be fulfilled. So this works with Krishna as well. And in fact, it's very interesting in the uh, Nectar of Instruction, verse 11, Srila Prabhupada writes that if one is thus constantly engaged during his lifetime, after giving up the body, he will return back to Godhead to serve Sri Radha in the same way as he contemplated during his life on the banks of Radhakund. Now that's not just talking about contemplating serving Radha while sitting on the banks of Radhakund. It's a general principle that however we're contemplating serving the Lord, the Lord reciprocates with that. And this sort of meditation is one of the main activities of the practicing devotee who has awakened their spontaneous love for Krishna. Because you can't really meditate on this unless you have some idea of what your relationship is. And it would be meaningless. Right? If you have, some, if you have, Prabhupada said, you know something that, oh, I'm Krishna's servant, or I'm in a parental mood, or I'm Krishna's friend, or I'm Krishna's lover, then one can meditate like this. Oh, I want to serve Krishna in that way. Right? And we have songs of our acharyas like this. Like, I want to be offering sandalwood, I want to be offering incense, I want to be fanning with a chamara, and so forth. So how does this apply to one who has not yet awakened their relationship with Krishna? We also have ways we can meditate on serving Krishna. In our sadhakuru, in this body, how we can serve Srila Prabhupada's mission. Every year, especially on Prabhupada's uh, Tirabhav, on Prabhupada's Disappearance Day, when I was running a school, and I've done this also with many adult audiences, I've asked them to sit and write an offering to Srila Prabhupada, and I say, instead of one of the glorification offerings, which always, I don't know, the, a lot of the glorification offerings sounds to me like there's a bank. You understand? There's like a bank of offerings. And you just like pick one out of the bank and, and copy paste and this is my offering. So I said, instead of doing that, why not write what you, what you want to do for Prabhupada? I said, imagine that you have no restriction of resources. You have no restriction of external resources or internal resources. You could do anything. You could make a, a murti out of diamonds or something. What would you like to offer to Srila and to write that. And I remember once doing this in Auckland, New Zealand, and one of the guests came up to me and said, 
no one ever asked me until today what I wanted to do for Prabhupada's mission. He said, I never even thought about it. I would just come and do some little service here and there. He said, this is the most enlightening thing that I've ever done. And when I tell people in doing this exercise, I say that Krishna accepts the subtle service, even if it never manifests. And you say, I want to, you know, I want to open 5,000 restaurants all over the world, 5,000 Govinda's restaurants. Or I want to, you know, whatever. I want to distribute a, a 10 million Bhagavad Gita's. And even if it doesn't manifest externally, Krishna accepts the subtle offering. Just like that Brahmana that uh, Rupa Goswami gives that story of that Brahmana who was very poor. Right? And he was, every day for years, he was meditating on serving the Lord with a golden pot and a silver... And he was meditating, he was actually going to the Ganges and getting water in a silver pot and meditating that he's going to the moon and getting water in a golden pot and cooking all kinds of things. And in his meditation, he touched the sweet rice to see if it had cooled enough and he burned his physical finger. And in Vaikuntha, Lord Narayana laughed and he brought him, uh, he sent an air, Lakshmi says, why are you laughing? And he sends an airplane for this Brahmana. There's a very, very famous story in, in South India having to do with Lord Shiva rather than Krishna. Very, very similar. There was this man who was very poor, and he wanted to build a temple to Lord Shiva, but he didn't have the means. So he meditated every day on building this temple. All the steps, any of you who ever have done building construction, <laughs> you know what all the steps are to build a building. It's a very long, complex task. So that's what he did every day in his meditation. Meanwhile, a few towns over, there was a king who wanted to build a temple for Lord Shiva, and he had the means, so he was actually building this temple. So he built the temple, and he was ready to install the deity. He was making preparations, and then he had a dream where Lord Shiva came to him in the dream and said, I'm very sorry, you cannot install me on this date. Because on that day, I'm going to be installed in another temple a few villages over with another devotee. And the king's like, I didn't hear of any other grand temple being built. He was very curious. So he went with his retinue, and he goes and he finds this person who was meditating on building a temple and who in his meditation was going to install the deity on that day. It's a very, very well-known, very famous story in South India. So when we meditate on what we want to do for the Lord, that is actually accepted. And it is possible that Krishna may, Prabhupada may be so pleased with what we're meditating on that he actually manifests it externally as well. That's not impossible. Should I tell you a personal story about this? Okay, so when I was starting to, I I'd had a dream for 25, 30 years of making curriculum, Krishna conscious curriculum for children, something that would be academically solid and also devotionally solid. And, you know, I did a few things. I did the Bhagavad Gita book, which has now been actually printed, and by Quinta children, and a few other things. Uh, but I was kind of hopeless that I would ever actually do it. And then in the late 90s, Hari Swami uh, funded a huge endeavor and he said he would fund it until it was done, but it collapsed after a year. And so at the end of the year, I had about 10 partially finished projects. And I was just like devastated. You know, I felt like I'd come this close to my dream and not achieved it. So some years later, 
I decided after some very, very good advice from Anutama Prabhu, uh, Anutama Prabhu, the GBC Anutama, he said, do something that can stand on its own, but that can also be a seed for further things, and that you can do on your own. So I, I worked on the festival books, and then I was asked by Sita Ram in the UK, why don't you do learn to read books? Why don't you do a literacy course? And I said, well, I, I don't think I know how to do that. I know how to teach reading, but I don't know if I know how to write a course. He said, I'll pay for you to get training from the top literacy experts in the world in the UK at the Institute of Education. So I got training from them, and then uh, Kalasambara and Prana very kindly facilitated me in Auckland. They gave me a place to stay and food to eat, and my neighbor, uh, Krishnendu, gave me internet. And they said, you're not required to do any local service at all. You can just work on this. And so that's, that's what I did. But when I worked at it, I had no savings. I had no income. I had no team. I had nothing. All I had was my computer and a view of the tidal estuary and the cow and the cows and the noisy pookie goat birds. And that was, that was all I had. And my hope of actually publishing anything, materially speaking, was nil. It was absolutely nil. So I'm typing on my computer, and it was very difficult work. If you try to think of to write a, a book that only has 50 words in it, and it has to be a story. You know, it was very hard. I mean, Krishna sent me some help. He sent me Dwarka Puri, who was a top literacy expert in New Zealand. She connected me with Beverly Randall, who, was the main, who had written 800 children's books to teach kids how to read for Nelson Thorne's publishing. So he gave me these connections, but still, how was I ever going to get it published? So every day, over and over and over again, I made a picture in my mind that the books would be published and they would be looked at by Radha and Krishna and their gopis and they would all be laughing and enjoying the books. That was, I got this picture in my mind. That was my... Like Akura had this picture, right? I'm going to stand up with my folded hands. Balaram's going to put his hands over my hands. He's going to embrace me. He's going to bring me into the house. So I have this picture. That Radha Krishna and their gopis are going to be looking at all these books and laughing and enjoying them. And many, many, many times a day I would put this picture in my mind while I was working. And as I said, my work was hopeless. I had no publishing connections. I had no funds. I had nothing. And I hadn't attempted something like this before. So gradually people started coming forward and offering money and gradually artists started coming forward and gradually editors and layout people and all together we ended up getting in contact with a publisher in the UK. We all together ended up with 200 international people working on this project to translate it into 25 languages. We ended up being on one of the cutting edges of having audio technology in the books. So, as this is progressing, and all of it was miracles, it was just one miracle after another, some anonymous donor threw a brahmachari handing me 1,200 pounds, and two days later, a devotee saying to me, you know, I could do project management for the audio, but I have to get paid. How much need to get paid? 1,200 pounds. Oh, I just happened to have that. I just got it two, two days ago. So, it was all these miracles happening. So finally, we're sitting in the publisher. It's, it's at the end. We're just ready to publish. And he's a Bengali. He's not a devotee. Hindu type. And he has, in his office, he has mostly complete non-devotees. Just, you know, Londoners. And they're doing a mock-up of the cover for the boxes. 
So one young woman, again, knows nothing about Krishna consciousness. She decided to take one of the drawings from one of the books and combine it with a photograph. So we had taken photographs of children looking at the books. And then we had one book about the gopis looking for Krishna. We have Radha and Chitra are following Krishna's footprints and looking for Krishna, and their hands are like this. So this girl, this young woman, had combined this picture, this drawing of Radha and Chitra looking down at Krishna's footprints, but she'd taken them out, so they're just looking down like this, and the children reading the books. And she brings this sample, and she says, what, how do you like this for the cover of the books? It was the picture right out of my meditation. It was like the, what I had been meditating on for three years, over and over again during the day, over and over again, manifested before me on the cover of the box. So it's actually like that. You know, and, and I'll tell you frankly, that project was, from a material point of view, it was impossible. It, 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 there was no hope. All right, but we have also here... Thank you. Actually, I, I really... What Krishna taught me about detached work and working for Krishna was as valuable as the resource. So this is some Jiva Goswami. We're going to look now at another aspect of how Balaram and Krishna are reciprocating with Akura. So this is Jiva Goswami's commentary. The name Sankarshan identifies Balaram as a Yadu, although he was living as a cowherd. So is that some reciprocation with what Akura is going to want? Right? Akura wants to see Krishna and Balaram as Yadus, not as cowherds. Yadunam Apritagbhava, he was non-different from the Yadus. Balaram's mind excelled in qualities like affection for Krishna's devotees, maha maha. At this time, Balaram played the main role and Krishna was secondary, accompanying him. Sanuja, that means Sa-anuja, Ja means birth, Anu means following, so Anuja means younger, Sa-anuja with the younger brother. At this time, Balaram, okay, since as the elder brother, he was the chief one to welcome guests. And again, remember, Akura specifically in his meditation wanted Balaram to welcome him, right? He took him to Nanda's house, but he considered that his own house as well. He offered Akura the best seats, studded with jewels, and according to the rules, washed his feet and offered Madhuparka. The phrase, according to the rules, should be added to all the items he offered. So why is this important, this vidivat? Because Akura is, is, is a vaidhi bhakta in a sense. He's not a vaidhi bhakta in the sense he's not a sadaka. But if one stays in this mood of reverence and stays in this mood of according to the rules and attains to prema, uh, then one lives in Madhura or Dwarka, or in some cases in, in Vaikuntha. <coughs> so it's interesting here that Akura, again, is in the mood of a servant, but he's an elder. So when he's meditating on serving Krishna, his meditation is according to rules, and therefore, because his meditation is according to rules, he has to be treated as an elder. Mars was talking about etiquette the other day. Uh, even though he's in the mood of a servant, because you understand, because he's in this vidi, 
Even though he's in the mood of a servant, he's not going to be putting Krishna and Balaram on a seat. They're going to be putting him on a seat. So he has that, that frame of reference and Balaram is completely following that. Okay, this is according to the rules. This, every single thing that Balaram did was according to the rules. That's not true when it comes to the dealings of Krishna and Balaram with the residents of Vrindavan. When Krishna and Balaram deal with the residents of Vrindavan, they don't do everything according to the rules. Right? Like the cowherd boys eat with Krishna in the forest. They're not, you know, making some formal offering to the Lord. In fact, they take Krishna's food away from him. Right? They take out the vegetables, they take the samosa, you know, a samosa, and it has a vegetable filling. They take the vegetables out and they fill the samosa with jasmine flowers and then they give it to Krishna. Don't try this at home. You know, if we were to do this in the kitchen, imagine in the kitchen if somebody were to, to fill the samosas with jasmine flowers, it would be an offense, yes? And with the cowherd boys, they say, open up your mouth, Krishna, I'm going to give you a sweet. And instead they give him a stick of flour in his mouth. Well, you know, Krishna says, I want to meet with this and this gopi. And the gopi says, I'm not meeting with you. I'm not having anything to do with you. That's not how we behave, you know, when the guru calls us to come. We don't just say, well, I'm not going to meet with you. Right? But they're dealing there. They're, they're not according to the, the vidi. They're spontaneous. But that isn't what Akura would like. It, that wouldn't please him. He would, he would feel very awkward. Yeah, like when you deal with people who are from a very hierarchical culture and you deal with them casually, they feel very awkward. Like I know if I'm meeting with Asians and they want to give me a higher seat and if I say, no, 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 I'll just sit on the floor with all of you, then they're, they're all uncomfortable. They're like, wait a minute, you're here as a speaker, you're supposed to sit as a higher seat. Now I want to go on to um, Sanatan's commentary. which echoes some of the same things as Jiva, but brings in a few other things. So the name Sankarshan identifies Balaram as a Yadu, although he was living as a coward, again, same thing. Or the name, or the name indicates that he attracted everyone, like Krishna. Akura had previously offered respects to Krishna, or he again offered respects separately to Balaram. Balaram is called generous, Mahamana, so this is another meaning of Mahamana because he received Akura properly as a, as a guest. Now here we come to a part that I thought was very interesting. Or Krishna had become out of, helpless out of affection for his devotee, and Nanda and others were within the house as if filled with grief at the impending separation. So Sanatana Goswami is giving a very different reason for why Balaram is the one greeting Akura instead of Krishna. Balaram then thought, today there is no one except me to welcome him. Have you ever been in that kind of a situation where you expected other people to do something and they, for some reason they didn't and you're like, I guess I gotta do it? Or he welcomed Akura in order to hide the fact that Akura would cause great suffering to Raja by taking Krishna away. But Krishna was in the secondary position Sanuja, or could not lead Akura to the house because of his praying. Balaram led him to Nanda's house where Yasoda and Rohini were also staying. 
after bringing a chord that very similar thing. So again, same thing that that Jiva Goswami says. So here we're seeing the relationship between Krishna and Balaram and the residents of Vrindavan. Because it's not only that the devotees have their desires in service that Krishna fulfills. But Krishna also has his desires in service with the devotee. Balaram also has desires in service with the devotee. And Balaram and Krishna are in kind of a funny situation here. Yes, they also love their devotees in Mathura. It's not that they don't love their devotees in Mathura. They also love their devotees in where they will establish Dwarka. They want to kill these demons. The Lord promised Lord Brahman the demigods he would kill the demons. They take pleasure in that. They want to do that. At the same time, they don't want to cause suffering to the residents of Vrindavan. And they don't want to leave Vrindavan. So Krishna and Balaram are also dealing with the Kuru in such a way to fulfill their own desires and to fulfill the desires of the devotees like Nanda and Yasoda. You know, Prabhupada uh, calls them all these foster parents. And I, I've thought about this a lot. You know, what is a foster parent? So you work with the, in the social services, I'm sure you work sometimes with this sort of thing. So foster parents is where the birth parents can't take care of their children for a while, but you hope to return the children to their, their biological parents. It's not like adoption where you take the children as your own. So Nanda and Yasoda had this role of foster parents, that they were taking care of Krishna and Balaram because Krishna and Balaram couldn't be in Mathura because ostensibly Kamsa would kill them. Of course, in this case, they didn't know they were foster parents. They thought they were actually the parents. And in a position of, of rasa, which is, we can say that rasa is the highest tattva, rasa is the highest truth, we can say they really are Krishna's parents. In fact, we can say they're more Krishna's parents. Uh, Prabhupada explains in the 8th chapter how Nanda and Yasoda, they're nijasiddhas, whereas Vasudev and Devaki, they're sadhanas. So Krishna has these different relationships and how to how to balance all of them. So Krishna is so expert. We have his desires, how he wants to enjoy relationships with his devotees, what he wants to happen. Then he has desires of various materialistic people in this world that he's also fulfilling through their karma. And then he has all the desires of his devotees and his devotees in different realms. This was Kunti's conundrum. If I love my family, then I'll want Krishna to be with my parental family, but then he won't be with my children, and how can he be with both? So maybe I shouldn't have any affection for either of them. Right? But Krishna knows how to fulfill everyone's desire simultaneously. He knows how to bring all these things together so that all of our desires and service can be fulfilled and all the desires of the other devotees, even though their desires may appear to be contradictory or in a different mood, and his desires can all be fulfilled simultaneously. So why should we serve anybody else? There's the bottom line here. So questions, comments, yes? I have a question. There is something here in the Sankarmaswami's commentary that is not quite clear. And that is in the first paragraph at the end of the first paragraph. It says, 
Krishna was in a secondary position as a Yadavara. Yes. Or he could not leave Akura to the house because of his friend. And then he says, here, he led him to Rama's house. Now he, as far as it's all announced. Yeah, in mine it says Balaram. The ground was not quite correct. He led him to Nanda's house, yes, Balaram. So, can you explain a little bit about he could not leave Akura to the house because of his friend? Did you elaborate on that? Well, because Krishna knows that Akura is going to take, uh, take him away from Vrindavan. So, to bring him to the house indicates he's going to tell Nanda and Yasoda, sorry, this is not your child. And because of Krishna's love for Nanda and Yasoda and his love for the residents of Vrindavan, he just couldn't bear to leave Akura to the house. Balaram's already known as a Yadu. Everybody already knows that Balaram is a Yadu. So for Balaram to, to be in this is different. Prabhupada Ki Jai. Radhikulokananda Ki